0: Welcome to this week's serving of Oyster Stew, a mix of financial services commentary and insight. Each week, we'll discuss what is happening in the industry based on what we see as we work with regulators and clients. We hope you come away with the knowledge and tools to help you make the best decisions for your firm's future. You can learn more about Oyster Consulting and the value we can add to your firm by going to our website,
1: www.oysterllc.com.
0: Hi everybody, this is Buddy Doyle with Oyster Consulting. I'm joined today by Patrick Dennis, our General Counsel, and Polly Cordell, who runs the Oyster Solutions practice area for the firm. This is the first of a five-part series of podcasts on Reg BI. And it's been four months since the SEC announced Reg BI, and we're nine months away from the time firms need to implement their Reg BI programs. June 30th is the date. Uh, so hopefully everybody's uh, been looking at it and starting to get ready for it. But just to help you kind of think through the things that you need to do, Patrick, maybe you can tell us a little bit about what firms do need to do to be ready for the, for the rule.
1: Okay, so Reg BI is, really requires four obligations on the part of broker-dealers. I think you need to really read through the rule look at it and understand it. But briefly I can tell you there's four obligations. The first one is the disclosure obligations, which requires the firm to, with respect to retail customers, disclose all of their potential conflicts of interest. This is a little bit complicated because it needs you you need to then examine all of your vendors, all of your relationships and everything that could potentially be a conflict, and either disclose that conflict mitigate that conflict or eliminate it. So those things need to be done and it's it's a little bit more complicated than I think a lot of folks initially thought when they heard about this, but you, so it takes some time and effort to figure out who what the conflicts are, who you have conflicts with, what needs to be disclosed, how you mitigate or how you eliminate various conflicts. The second obligation is the care obligation. And that essentially requires you to review and enhance all of your policies and procedures to ensure that all of your offerings your products all of those things are appropriate for your clients appropriate not only for the clients in general but also for the specific clients the third obligation is the conflict of interest obligation and this again requires you to make sure that you have an inventory of all your conflicts, have disclosed them, eliminated them, or mitigated them, but it's a complicated and difficult situation to make sure that you've really examined thoroughly all of the things that affect your firm and its potential clients. It also requires you obviously to disclose all of the fees that you're charging, how you're going, how you're earning those fees, and other things that you're going to need to do with that. The last obligation is the compliance obligation, and what that requires you to do is specifically have policies and procedures as to how you are, in fact, going to meet the obligations under Reg BI. In a nutshell, those are the four obligations, but there's a lot of, uh, as we say, devil in the details in connection with all four of those obligations.
0: All right, thank you. So Polly, is the practice lead for Oyster Solutions, what changes are coming to Oyster's software platform?
2: So we're pretty excited about what we're doing in the solution software. We're kind of aligning our changes in the software with the four obligations of the rule, and the first being the disclosure obligation. We are touching on the disclosures that will mitigate the conflicts and the relationships in the firms that we have on our platform. And we're doing that through a dashboard that we've built out For conflicts specifically, we have a huge survey to help firms identify their conflicts and then build those out into a dashboard that will compare the conflict to their mitigation, let them know where their conflict may be out of line with their mitigating um, process or procedure. Then to the care obligation, we're going to help them address anything that may be out of alignment from a best interest uh, transaction perspective. And we'll also have due diligence workflows in the system that will help them review their product platforms and make sure that those are in alignment with client care. To Back to the conflict of interest obligation, that, that conflict survey that we've built out and in inventory will help them identify every conflict we hope that's out there. We've kind of built a baseline and then we would obviously customize that. One of our big features is customization. So we would customize that For each firm to make sure that we're addressing everything that is particular to that firm. And then finally, to the compliance obligation, we would, especially in the implementation for any firm, we do a very thorough review of their policies and procedures. For all of our clients that have been implemented, we'll be aligning their policies and procedures by helping them to recognize policies that may be affected by the new rule.
0: Great. And to me, it seems like, you know, with Reg BI, Bi standing for Best Interest, which is a rule that governs how broker-dealers deal with their retail client base. Seems like it could, and really should, lead to a fundamental change in the suitability standard, which is FINRA's primary rule around helping retail customers and making recommendations to customers. But aside from a regulatory notice in August, which, you know, took a little while to get out. FINRA hasn't given firms any real guidance on their websites, but I know they've been out talking at conferences, and Patrick, you're out talking to regulators on a pretty routine basis. What are they saying, and when can the industry expect to hear more?
1: Well, a couple of things. I've been to four or five conferences um, since the rule was announced in April, and it has been a hot topic. It has been at every single conference, regardless of whether it's the FINRA annual conference I attended in May or a couple of the regional CIFMA compliance and legal conferences I've been. Reg BI has been a hot topic. It's been on every agenda. One of the things I will tell you that's going on is, is a lot of folks are thinking, oh, they're going to have to give an extension. They're going to have to give us more time. You know, I think that's what a lot of folks would like, but so far we're not hearing anything about that. And so June 30th of next year is the deadline. Commissioner Pierce from the SEC spoke at a conference I was at earlier this week and was, I don't think she's has any inkling or any suggestions that there's going to be an extension. So I think the timing is coming. The other thing is, 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 You know, the things that I'm hearing at conferences, other than the concern about how long this is going to take and everything else is, is Commissioner Pierce and others have all sort of, you know, let folks know that there's a lot more to this. This is not something you're going to be able to dash off in a couple of hours or, you know, a couple of weeks worth of work. Uh, I know a number of firms that are starting on it now and are, have devoted a lot of time, effort and resources to making sure they're ready because it is a lot of work one of the things i I failed to mention when we went through the, the the obligations is it's sort of part of one of those obligations is to form crs or customer relationship summary is what crs stands for but it requires you as a broker dealer to distill all this down into plain english and describe it all in two pages or if you're a dual registrant with a registered investment advisor four pages either way doesn't give you a lot of space and a lot of time to get all of the information in that you need to have in that form so it's going to take a lot of time and effort i think to to come up with a a concise cogent well-written piece that you're going to need to deliver to your clients so those are the kind of things that I'm hearing in the conferences, but it is a hot topic. It is something that everybody's, that's on everybody's mind. It is the, the leader on the agenda for nearly all of the conferences that I've been to or I'm planning on going to. So keep that in mind as, as this is not something that's going to be able to be taken care of with a minimal amount of effort.
0: And we're expecting to hear more out of FINRA. They have some conferences coming up. For those of you who are interested in this, October 3rd, the Fenra Midwest Region Member Forum is taking place in St. Louis. There's actually a FINRA Small Firm Report on Reg BI coming out. It's targeted for October 8th. The Fenra Small Firm Conference is taking place later in October on the 23rd and 24th in Santa Monica, California. And then I suspect they'll be talking about this at the advertising review conference as well in washington d c on the twenty fourth and twenty fifth
1: the advertising review conference has gotten a lot of a lot of press and the new advertising rules and and I guess I would categorize it as modernizing the advertising rules to fit in with social media and all of that is going on that is getting a lot of attention at the conferences that I'm attending as well. Not to mention a couple of them that that SIFMA is having compliance and legal regional conferences and if I have this right, I think there's one coming up in Minneapolis. Certainly New York City is another one and there's a third one, which I'm forgetting where it is right now, I believe it maybe it's Denver. But in any event, take a look at the website and you can find out. But I'm sure Reg BI is going to be a topic at all of those conferences. So, Buddy, why is it I mean, why is this a bigger deal than most firms think, other than I mentioned it's, you know, more complicated than I think meets the eye?
0: Well, when I look at the rule, I I, I see this has tentacles into every corner of a broker dealer. From changing titles on business cards, You know to how you disclose forgivable loans and things like that when you're recruiting reps when you're prospecting clients and opening accounts you kind of have to look at how you do that and what you disclose and when when you're recommending investments again what's going to happen with suitability what's going to happen with product reviews your advertising your marketing disclosures are certainly going to have to change but one of the things that I look at when we're, when we're talking about the urgency around making a change around Reg BI, or at least some decisions around Reg BI, is this can impact comp plans. And this is a rule that's going to get implemented at the end of June, but most people change their comp plans on an annual calendar basis, which means by December 31st, They're defining what they're going to do as far as a compensation plan that usually lasts all year long. And so anytime you're touching compensation, it's a pretty touchy subject. You want to communicate that well. You want to be very thoughtful about it. So when you talk about the fact that you're serving retail customers, you're changing comp plans, you're changing processes, you're changing procedures... You're analyzing every conflict along the way. You know you're going to have to change business cards and stationery and things like that because calling someone a financial advisor who is a registered rep of a broker-dealer doesn't work anymore. And so there's a lot of changes coming. And I don't think people have really thought all the way through just how impactful this can be. It goes to the core of what you do as a broker-dealer if you're serving retail customers and so I think that you know that's why I think this is a bigger deal than, than firms are thinking when I talk to chief compliance officers and ask them what they're doing on this they often talk about well states are suing and and things are going on and we're waiting And but I, I look at this and think wow there's gonna be a really time where You're going to wish you were working on your ADV at the end of March, and instead this is going to be flooding you uh, right at that time. So don't forget you have a day job, you have things that you have to get done, but in particular you should be talking to your finance group right now today about comp plan changes that may be
1: coming. Right. One of the other things that's coming out of the conferences is, of course, we we now know that I think it's seven states and the District of Columbia have filed suit. That doesn't seem to be delaying things, and it doesn't seem to be holding it off. The other thing that's being discussed, and is certainly something that folks need to keep in mind, is states are passing legislation. Quite frankly, I think you can interpret that as the states don't believe that Reg BI goes far enough in terms of making brokers a fiduciary. They're not particularly happy about the fact that the SEC did not make put in a fiduciary standard for brokerage firms. Um, so we'll see where those all go, but you know that's another aspect of where this is all going and things you need to keep in mind. So Buddy, why do you think it would be helpful for firms to consider having a third party helping them implement the changes that are required by Reg BI? Well, so uh, don't take this the wrong way, but there's an old analogy
0: that when you move in next to the pig farm, sooner or later you get used to the smell. And so, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) go ahead, you can laugh, it's okay, every once in a while compliance can have a little bit of fun. But in reality, conflicts can be hard to sniff out, right, when you you work for a broker-dealer. And so... You know, when you're in the bubble and you're working with a broker dealer and you're looking at 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 things, you know. And I'm I live in a rural area, so this applies more to me than most, but but I will say when you, when you're in the firm and and you're thinking about how you look at the world from your own perspective and from where you are, it can be very difficult to find a conflict even when somebody else can see it. And Uh, we've had conversations with firms before uh, where we're talking to someone about a real conflict of interest and they just don't see it because they know they're good people they know they're going to take care of their clients the standard of care obligation you probably already feel like you're fulfilling the standard of care to your customers because you care about them you take care of them and you 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 talk to them during the tough times you talk to them during the good times but it's really hard to look at a conflict the way a regulator would when you're looking at yourself. When I look at myself in the mirror, I see, you know, the old me, right? The me that I'm used to seeing, and and when other people look at me that have never met me before, they see exactly what I am. So it's it's to me, that's a component that only an independent person can come in, look at a conflict, and say, I fully see it, and you may not be able to because you're wired to take care of your customers. And so that's one component that I think. And the other thing is in working with third parties, you know, I used to work at a, a firm that had a lot of different businesses. Uh, it was a pretty complex structure. There was an independent rep component, there was a retail component, there was an online, a discount. Uh, component there was a bank channel to deliver services to folks going into the retail bank system uh, and there was clearing right uh, a back office provider for for a hundred different broker-dealers and you know when I was in there I got to learn a lot I got to see a lot but working with 400 firms 500 firms and being able to sort of see what happens from other people's perspectives as well, is something that you can get working with a third party that you really can't get when you're inside your own organization and thinking about it. It's really hard to think out of the box, and, and in reality, there is no box. So I think this is a brand new thing, and so it, it really helps to get, in my opinion, some, some independent help either in implementing it because right? you do have a day job, and there is a lot to this, or to at least coming back behind and saying, hey, did you think about this? And so you know, we put our grumpy regulator hat on with our clients sometimes and talk to them and challenge them on their ideas and the way they think about things. And it's really hard to challenge yourself on your own ideas and how you think about things. And so that's why I think getting an independent third-party you know, whether it's Oyster or Deloitte or KPMG or EY, you know, it's something to consider.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, to your point, it, it goes that, you know, a, a, a different set of eyes or a new set of eyes looking at things, see things differently, obviously. And, you know, quite frankly, like the analogy of, you know, you don't know what you don't know. That's just the way life is. You, you know, you, you work within your own sphere and everything else, but, you know, you really don't know what you don't know. And having a third-party consultant that sees a lot of different firms, a lot of different ways this is being done and handled, I think can be helpful.
0: Okay. Well, we're going to wrap up today's podcast. Again, this is the first of a series of five on RAGBI, BI. Uh, but we're going to be doing podcasts on a weekly basis at Oyster Consulting. We're going to try to keep them to a time that's meaningful. We want your time to be valuable But if you're struggling with a topic and you'd like us to do a podcast on it, feel free to reach out to us. You can call us at 804-965-5400, or you can visit us on the web at www.oysterllc.com. Thanks for your time. Thanks very much.
1: Thank you.